Wow. What a, what a privilege and an honor uh, it is uh, to share God's word with you uh, this, this morning. My wife and I love to come here. First, uh, to see family, you know. Uh, you have four of our six grandkids. And yes, we also love to see our Gabriel and Rachel as well. Uh, we, we also love this church and what God has been doing and is doing here. Uh, on many Sunday mornings, uh, we enjoy your worship uh, and the first few minutes of Pastor Gabriel's uh, message, while we're getting ready to go to, to our church, we're three hours behind you. So, um, may I encourage you to stand firm in the Lord, to continue the striving and unity and harmony to put aside anything that can threaten the peace and the growth that, that you are enjoying. To trust God, the sovereign Lord of this church, uh, to bring the right man that he has already chosen, but not yet revealed to you, that is going to come and with you, continue the, the ministry, the work of Christ in this location that Pastor Tom and his family started so many years ago. May I, may I invite you to pray with me as we open God's Word? Father, we are in awe and recognition of who you are and have chosen to look upon us and look upon our need and become our substitute sacrifice for our sins to become our Savior, to become our Lord, to become our Shepherd, and to make us your children. We want to thank you this morning because you have not left us alone. After salvation, you have given us the Holy Spirit and you have given us your word to guide our lives each day. And so as we turn to it this morning, we pray, O oh Lord, that the Holy Spirit would work uh, through me and uh, with your word into the hearts of each one of us here this morning. We pray this acknowledging your name, and for your sake, amen, amen. So let's look this morning at this letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian believers. You have been studying for the uh, last few months uh, this letter that seeks to strengthen your faith, seeks to understand what it means to rejoice, what it means to uh, live is Christ and to die is gay. But to do so in the midst of real life. That is, 
where there are external, where there is external opposition. And in this day and age, we are living in a time where opposition is real, where the prospects of persecution uh, or even of ridicule for our faith is real. And especially those who are in school or colleges and work. In addition, we also face internal struggles and conflicts. You may be experiencing it in your family or among relatives or friends or co-workers. Getting along with people is not easy. Just ask Yuri and Sintike, right? Two faithful, mature servants of Christ. Yes, churches also face issues many times. In fact, when more than two people get together, there are bound to be issues. Actually, with just two people <laughs> getting together, there's bound to be issues. But then we also have the natural consequences of living in this world. There's suffering, there's accidents, there's illnesses, there's disappointments, all, all um, aspects of our daily life here on earth. And Paul is not naive to, to any of this. He lived with opposition from without and dealt with conflicts from within wherever he went. And so, Hearing the report that the Epaphroditus brought along with another offering that the Philippian church had gathered, Paul writes back with his encouragement and, and counsel. See, Paul loves this church. He's proud of them. And they love him back. So his message is a simple message. His message is practical. His message is down to earth, even when he talks about heavenly things. I hope that throughout this month, uh, you have taken the opportunity to, let, to read this letter, the whole letter, a number of times. If you have not done so yet, I would encourage you today, this week, to sit down. It takes 20 minutes to read the whole letter. You will gain a, a perspective that is lost when you read only a little section at a time. Who were these brothers and sisters? As you know, God sent Paul and his team uh, through a dream that, that Paul had that he needed to start evangelizing in, in Macedonia and from there the, the rest of Europe. So when he arrives to Philippi, life was not easy. Between beatings and prisons and earthquakes, those first few believers there at uh, Philippi that had come to Christ came from a variety of, of, of backgrounds and circumstances, from uh, probably a wealthy businesswoman and her family, 
to a slave demon-possessed girl, to a very rough jailer and his family, and likely those associated with them, is what was conformed this, this uh, first church. That is the power of the gospel. What you see here is the power of the gospel that brings to God through Jesus Christ those who are going to be saved and brings them from all walks of life. But yet, as you know, being reconciled with God does not exempt us from the struggles of life. The, the rosy picture of total peace and harmony forever is only found in heaven, right? Here on earth, we deal with the vestiges of our own sinful nature that raises its ugly head at every opportunity. And we also deal with the natural consequences of living in a fallen world. There were also some wonderful things happening in, in, in this church that Paul loved so much. You know, they were dedicated to Christ. They loved missions. They, they were growing as a church. They were testifying. They were suffering for Christ. So in, in all of this, this wonderful shepherd, the Apostle Paul, deals very carefully with each situation uh, that uh, they are going through and writes with great encouragement. This morning, I want you to consider just the first half of the sentence that I'm sure you have already memorized by now. For to me, to live is Christ. We can trace this concept of to live is Christ throughout the whole letter uh, and in its different manifestations. So if you have your Bibles with you, look at chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, it's the servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Verse 11. We are to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Verse 14, I am in chains for Christ. Verse 15, the preaching of the gospel that is preached is the, is the preaching of Christ himself. Verse 20, Christ is to be exalted in his body and thus in, in ours. That is, whatever we do, whatever happens to us, Christ is to be exalted in our body and life. Chapter 2, verse 1. We have encouragement from being united with Christ. Chapter 2, verse 5. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Verse 11. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Verse 30. The work we do, the ministry, whatever we are involved in, even carrying money, is the work of Christ. Chapter 3, verse 8. There is no greater thing than knowing Christ Jesus. Verse 10. 
that heartfelt expression that I may know him. Or in, as the NIV puts it, I want to know Christ. And then we have those expressions which you heard uh, last week. The subsequent expressions of experiencing the power of Christ's resurrection, of sharing his suffering, becoming like him in his death in order to remain faithful to him to the very, very end. Chapter 4, verse 7. Paul says that we can experience uh, the peace of God in our hearts and minds in or through Jesus Christ. Verse 13, I can do all things now in life through him who gives me strength. Verse 19, God's storehouse to meet our needs comes from where? From the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And the letter finishes with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You see? All of life, all of the Christian's life is Christ. From salvation, to sanctification, to glorification. From producing fruit in service to, to Him, to preaching, to suffering, uh, to be the reason for harmony and unity, to, to pursuing a closer intimate relationship with Him, to peace, to strength, to meeting every need, to His grace, all is Christ. So, brothers and sisters, this morning I, I want you to hear Paul as if he was your shepherd, your pastor. In fact, you, you will hear a good many I and me and my. It's not me. It's Paul who is setting the example. In fact, this, this letter puts me to shame every time because like few other letters, Paul's heart resonates with his pure devotion to Christ. Yes, we see him as the apostle concerned for, for his ministry at large, but especially his shepherd's concern for the lives of those he has brought to Christ. But we also see him as a believer, just a regular believer, who is in love with his Savior. And his Lord, all he wants is to walk with him. All he wants is to know him better, to walk closer with him. All he wants is to finish his mission well. You know, I, I've had a number of opportunities to hear Pastor Tom preach especially during his, his last year. His, uh, his passion, his dedication to the Lord and to you as the congregation was so much like that of the Apostle Paul to this congregation, to his congreg con congregation there at Philippi. 
he wanted to expand himself for you and, and for the Lord till the very end. Pastor Tom, I would say, was your apostle uh, in the sense that he brought the message of Christ and worked hard to form this congregation that is called Hope Bible Church. So you have experienced uh, the love and care of, of Pastor Tom and the, the other pastors and shepherds uh, here in, in the congregation and their love and the depth of their love for you. So just imagine then a similar love from Paul the Apostle to this congregation at Philippi. So this morning I want you to uh, listen to Paul's letter to the Philippians with a fresh set of ears. A commentator titled uh, this letter, A Letter from a Friend to His Friends, because that's really how he felt. So every week you are getting in-depth teaching uh, from, from this letter. Today is different. In fact, I'm going to ask you to do something that probably no pastor from this pulpit has ever said to you. I'm going to invite you to close your Bibles. You see, the Philippians didn't have a copy of the letter with them when Epaphroditus got there and read the letter, gathered the whole congregation and read the letter to them. So just imagine your founding pastor is sending you a letter. He's away. He's sending you a letter. And this is what, what he says. Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership since the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I, I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless, filled with the fruit of righteousness, from the, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. 
because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to continue living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the defense of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This will be assigned to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggles you saw I had and now hear that I still have. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do Nothing out of selfish ambition or, or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing.
taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that had the name of Jesus. Every time, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you will become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering and sacrifice coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. For I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone else looks out for his own interest, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because like a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go uh, I, as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him back to you, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. And honor men like him, because for the sake of Christ, he, he risked his life to make up for the help you could not give him. Finally, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and they are a safeguard for you. 
watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision. We who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I, myself, have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the, in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my credit, I now consider it loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own which comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his, in, in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you only, let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. The God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame and their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from the, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring all things under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that it will be like his glorious body. Therefore, 
my brothers, whom I love and long for, my, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I, I plead with the Odiahan, and I plead with Sintike to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal sisters, to help these women who have, who have worked with me in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Whatever you have learned or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have re renewed your concern from, for me. Indeed, you had been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know how, what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet, it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. It's not that I am looking for a gift. But I am looking for whatever may be credited to your account. I have received full payment. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever.
Amen? Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those from Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Were you able to follow how for Paul to live was Christ? In fact, even dying is Christ. Because dying meant he was going to be, be, be with Christ instantly. So my question this morning to you is, where is your heart this morning, what are the, the desires and interests that pull at your heart? Are they toward Christ or do they pull you away from Christ? Do the things that you do each day, the way that you relate with your spouse, that you relate with your children, with, with friends, with neighbors, in the workplace, do they reflect the attitude of love and humbleness that characterized our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If you had to think about it, how would you finish this sentence? For me to live is me? For me to live is my career? Money? Pleasures? Or can you say, for me to live is Christ? Shall we bow in prayer? And as you bow your heads, do you need to confess sin? Do you need to affirm your commitment to live for Christ? Do you need to ask for the strength to live for Christ in the middle of the situation that you find yourselves? Or maybe, for some, do you first need Christ to change your life by forgiving your sins and making you a child of God? If so, reach to one of our pastors or to someone who brought you here and is close to you to find out how. Our Heavenly Father, the supplier of all we need. Grant this morning the, re the request from each heart here. 
Holy Spirit, minister your word as you see fit in our hearts. Because of Christ, and in his name we pray. Amen.